0: Why do you think I was in Alaska?
1: (laughs) I just said Alaskan (laughs) Airlines. I'm just messing with you.
0: That's because they have a a little airport here in Alaska Airlines flies into it.
1: That's funny that it flies you back and forth between Santa Rosa and Los Angeles. Well,
0: they're west coast. They go to like Seattle and Portland. They used to go to Las Vegas. It's great. You could go right from Santa Rosa to Las Vegas. Oh wow. Super easy to park, you know, it's right near me. San Francisco or Oakland's kind of a pain to drive to.
1: Yeah, it's kinda of like driving to Atlanta, I'm sure.
0: Then when you land you got another hour and a half drive to get home.
1: So it's exactly like Atlanta.
0: Yeah, Santa Rosa and San Francisco are exactly like Atlanta.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this is the West Coast Project podcast, Michelle from Tennessee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? That was an intro. Okay. <laughs> I seemed to baffle you with my intro. You, you did good. West Coast Project, and this is Louie TV, our podcast for Louie CK show Louie. Michelle, what is the meaning of this?
1: <laughs> you know, if you figure it out, I'm going to be worried about you. Well, I did kind
0: of figure it. I mean, there's some themes to it that you can clearly see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, The main thing I could see was that um, I definitely understood the title.
0: Yeah, right. How could you ever slap a title on this thing?
1: I couldn't even believe... The the um, description, you know, Jane goes to the doctor. I thought it was going to be something wrong with Jane or Jane's sick or Louis dealing with a sick kid or you know, you just kind of think things like that. And then of course, <laughs> that was just like the first thing that happened. It was it was it was nothing. But there was no way to even how would you even put a description on this? I would have like entitled it "Naked Greasy Dream Guy" or something naked greasy nightmare i don't know it was it was horrible
0: i would have entitled it like a journey into existentialism existentialism a journey into the mind a journey into thinking what how the mind ticks or something
1: or just schizophrenia
0: or water there was a lot of water themed in this episode the fish tank the lobster tank the glass of water that was the cure for jane <laughs>
1: to wonder sometimes if louie's not messing with us because this was just all over the place and i mean i yeah i kind of got it and I, I really like how he's coming full circle and all that from the beginning of a episode to the end of the episode as i'm sure you know about me this is not my favorite episode by far. I really didn't like it. But there was areas that I could definitely relate to it, again, in a way that was kind of odd. And I kind of thought, ooh, that's weird. Not but, enough
0: gunshots and car chases for you, huh, Michelle.
1: Um, yeah, not enough explosions and stuff like that. What did you think about it? You don't overall? get very
0: many Dukes of Hazard scenes like Kentucky and Tennessee has in Louis. I got to admit uh, that. Okay. Not many cars jump through barns. Well, let's just go through it. So, besides the ghost guy, the the blue man paled down to white, the hairless ghost guy, we had a reunion of a bunch of people Todd Berry, the, his comedian buddies Todd Berry, Jimmy Norton, Nick DiPaolo, Charles Grodin is the doctor.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did get to see Dr. Bigelow again. I kind of like that.
0: And then the uh, um, comedy club, too. They spent more time in the club. We got back to some comedy routines. And dialogues. And so Louis has a pretty good joke about this beekeeping. I got, got into beekeeping, but uh, just too many bees. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep one. Why you got to bee like that? Kind of silly, but, you know, it's a little funny, I guess.
1: I thought it was funny. I thought that was good. I, I enjoyed that.
0: And then even the revisited theme of the stolen joke by this glazy guy steals his joke right from under his nose and doesn't perform it right.
1: Well, that's that's the thing. Well, he actually performed it well when he performed it, but but he's telling it to somebody, and Louis hears them backstage, and, and he just butchers it. He butchers it. So what do you think the theme of this thing is? Is it just like aggravation or um, nonsensical or because he just butchers his joke and then Louie feels the need to like retell the joke to make it sound funny. And of course at that point it's not funny. So it's just like this constant thing with him where he can't get any peace for anything.
0: Well, I don't think he told, I don't think crazy glazy told it well on stage at the end either. Already. He
1: didn't tell it nearly as well, but he was getting some laughs about it.
0: They bite me here. They bite me here. I mean, how is that funny? That wasn't funny to me.
1: No, it, no, it wasn't. But it was he had definitely refined it from the way he was telling it yeah. backstage. And it was just he told was it so funny. poorly that Louis felt like he had to retell the joke. Individually. Yeah. Once
0: again, Louis, the overridden. He, he can't get a word in edgewise. He can't even correct the guy. He, he the guy blusters through describing this really funny joke in in uh, the wrong way. So it's not funny. And Louis can't even edge, get it in edgewise to correct the guy.
1: Do you know this guy, uh, John Glacier?
0: I don't really know him. I just think I've been, um, this is the first time I've ever seen him. It's crazy, He's, crazy. He,
1: yeah, he, he plays on parks and recreation and just a fun little thing that I found out when, uh, uh, on, I use Google Documents to take my notes, and it was throwing up some information on the side. Now, they've got this thing that automatically throws up information about what you type in. So I thought that was kind of neat. And and I I read that he was from Parks and Rec. I don't watch that, but I thought it was um, interesting. I didn't know who he was even, but I did think he played this role pretty good.
0: Once again, Michelle, not many car chases and gunshots in Parks and Rec.
1: Um, I, I don't know. I don't this know. This is my ex- it it this work is my
0: existential therapy. Picking on Michelle from Tennessee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're very good at it.
0: All right. Well, well, go to the doctor's office with Louis and Jane, his daughter Jane, and the first person they encounter is this angry, unfriendly lady sitting there in the waiting room. Yeah,
1: and she's Jane- even scolding her daughter for sneezing.
0: Jane comments. Louis says hello, and the lady just glares at him. And Jane even says she's not very friendly. Pretty nice audience comment there. She says out loud what we're thinking.
1: And then Louie tries to scold Jane for it and then he's like ends up agreeing with her, which was kind of funny. He's like, Yeah, you're not very friendly.
0: Louis <laughs> is like Louie is a good guy. At least his character. I don't know Louis C.K., but Louis on the show, he's a good guy. He's trying to always do the right thing. He's 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 human, he's got his flaws, of course, but he's trying to do the right thing, right? He's trying to keep his daughter Train her for society and get her to, you know, recognize and say hello to people. And then he's honest. The lady wasn't very friendly. I don't know. I like when Louie's just an honest, good guy like that. I agree. So they see Groden, the doctor, and they get a better hello communication with him. Um, it seems like they like they practice what they just did. Like maybe the guy with the joke, right? He tells it really crappy and he gets a little bit better at it. They do a little bit better with their hello to Grodin, like maybe maybe Jane had just learned something from this crappy interaction with this lady.
1: Yeah, but how odd was that? I think this is our first, well, first where Louie takes the sucker and won't give the sucker to Jane. That's backward because you get your sucker when you leave the doctor's office, not when you go in the doctor's office. You get a sucker for being good in the doctor's office. So anyway, whatever, that was kind of backward. And then... They say hello to one another, Dr. Bigelow and Jane, in, what was it, Navajo? And it was I like, yeah, I think that's what they said. I think they said it was in Navajo. And it was like, what? I mean, it was just another one of those kind of surreal moments. I rewound it a couple of times. like, is in Navajo they're saying hello to one another? And, of course, Louis, it's a part that he doesn't understand. He's just like, what? And... I had the same reaction he did. So
0: Jane has this rash. She says for two months. Louie says for two days.
1: And she doesn't even have it anymore. And that's why she's there, talking about a rash that's gone away.
0: Yeah, but what she's really there for is her psychological. Not even a, it's not even a, it's a, it's, I think it's a good thing. It's thinking. It's, she's, she's exploring where she was before she was born and. She says she sweats from the inside out, sees electricity, green lights, light bulbs, electrons colliding. Uh, She takes a breath and vanishes into the nothing that she was before she was born. Pretty existential. Thinking about where you are, what, what were you before you were born, and then where are you after you die?
1: Yeah, I didn't take it in in any way as any kind of deep thought. I took it a whole lot more as just stuff that's happening to Louie that he can't make heads or tails out of. It was just because he's sitting there looking at her like she's crying. He's almost embarrassed by what she's saying.
0: Well, and- I, why can't that happen to Jane? Why can't Jane wonder where she about her.
1: Anybody can wonder anything they want, but she's talking about sweating inside her face and just she goes to the doctor for a rash that's gone and and because she feels like she's sweating inside her face. And the whole thing is just nonsensical. It's it's completely out of touch with reality of why you would actually go to a medical doctor anyway. And then he tells her she's probably dehydrated, have a glass of water, and that just makes her happy. And the whole thing, Louis, like, aren't you even going to examine, or aren't you even going to look at her? And he goes, well, I'm looking at her. The whole thing was just like this stuff that Louis couldn't understand. He, he didn't understand what's going on.
0: Yeah. That's how I took it. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's also upstage for us to think— well, what does happen before we were, who was I before I was born?
1: Oh, my gosh. I didn't think any of that stuff. I just thought Jane was rambling on about, I don't know, just a way to get attention almost. Did you like this episode? I love this think? episode. I, I thought you would.
0: Okay. I, I like, it made me think about where I was before I was born.
1: It didn't give me any, I, I only felt Louie's embarrassment for taking his child to the doctor and just how nonsensical the whole yeah, trip was. Yeah, but it's
0: related was. later on when Nick asks Louis, "What, you know, explore yourself? What, what, what changed before?" So Louis has to look at his life. I mean, it, it doesn't. It isn't just isolated. This, this, this thought about where, where are we and who, who what do we do? You know what? Well,
1: wh- no, it never is in Louis. It's always like at least a background hum I think in Louie the whole what's my purpose kind of thing
0: but um Well that means it's not just Jane ranting that's it's related to the the theme of the episode.
1: Okay. I I can see I can see where you're getting that from this it's just it's just not at all how I took it when I was watching it.
0: Well, they go to pick up Lily, and Jane tells Louis she's jealous because Lily has friends and she does not. That's also a pretty thoughtful statement. Like people oftentimes think they don't have friends when they really do have a lot of friends. They just feel kind of isolated or they feel un- unsettled unsettled by it.
1: Yeah, that was really bad. I didn't. I didn't like a kid feeling like that at all. She said that people in her class signed some petition saying they didn't like her.
0: Yeah, who hates Jane petition. That's horrible. So that kind of, that little theme kind of hung out uh, for us to look at. And then Louie moves into the elevator and moves up to this lady's apartment, Barbara, who's uh, Lily's friend's mother. Mm -hmm. And she asked Louie to move a fish tank, Michelle, (laughs) Tennessee. Big, big fish tank. Um, And at first, this Barbara woman. Looks, she appears really happy and smiley, but that falls apart pretty quickly. Uh, as soon as Louis says, "I can't move this fish tank. This is a project, man. You can't just pick this thing up and move it. You got to empty it. You got to move the fish. You got to redo the water," she breaks down a little bit and she says some comment about her husband, or lover, or whomever. This Jack Jack guy just left her, and she's been kind of falling apart. She can't really fix things. Uh, and Louis tries to comfort her with a blanket that yeah. pretty much turns from comfort, comforting her to covering her up.
1: Right, like she's it was a pile
0: of leaves, and then she, he, then he does leave.
1: Right, it was like a um, another area that he was just uncomfortable. He was embarrassed. He he tried to very awkwardly comfort her, you know, cheer up or whatever he said, and then he, in place of wrapping this blanket. You know, kindly around her. He just, like, puts it over her head. Like, he, like, pulls it slowly up over her head as a, uh, to relieve him of having to view this. Yeah,
0: life is too hard.
1: Right. She says right. that.
0: Now, so that's the theme, right? Life is too hard. You cover up your problems, and they they don't go away. They haunt you like the nightmares. So when Nick says, hey, Louie, where, where does this all stem back to? Louis had covered up this lady's problem. Like, oh, well, it's not my problem. I'll just cover it up and move on and go happily on my way. Absolutely. That, that doesn't work. So at the, end, at the end of the episode, when Louis realizes this, he gets kind of relief from these this, this nightmare stage he's in. I don't know. I thought it was symbolic. It was funny to pull the blanket over her, but it was also symbolic of kind of what
1: they're saying. Yeah, it, it kind of is. It, it, it was... Don't you think it's kind of an odd thing for somebody that you just meet to ask you to do something so drastic?
0: well, like nothing odd ever happens on louis
1: well no, no no, yeah, absolutely, but does it ever happen with you like i might we, if i was a no well there is some
0: sensibility to that if I was a woman broke broken up with my partner. The guy is usually the stronger person to move, physically move stuff. I might see, hey, could you give me a hand? with? She didn't really realize it's a big, big task like that. I could see her asking. Oh, come
1: on. Yeah. Yeah. But she had to have known that was a bigger task. That's kind of what made it funny. I mean, I've had not an aquarium, but frogs, aquatic frogs for the girls when they were little. And and moving, emptying that thing and cleaning it and moving it. And it was, it was. Such a project. It was a big big deal. But this is the first place that I started to kind of really relate. The rest of the episode prior to this, I didn't have a whole lot of relation to it. But here just this week we've had um some people staying in the deck. We have a big deck. It's you know kind of large, and we had people staining. It's a big, big project. And they've been pressure washing it and doing stuff like that. So it's driven some insects into the house because I had the house open. And um, so I was up in the bedroom just a couple days ago, and there's a skylight in the bedroom. And there was this insect up in the skylight, way up in the skylight, and I couldn't get it. So I go outside and get one of the guys who's staying in the deck. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I can't leave this up here. And I ask him if he'll come in and kill this insect for me or get it, get it. And um, he actually did. And it was a little uncomfortable, but it wasn't as uncomfortable as leaving the insect up in the skylight. And so I really sympathized with her, even though I thought that was... Asking someone to move an aquarium is a whole lot more than asking a big, tall guy to get an insect. I don't know. How, long have, you been, really how long have you
0: been having these dreams, Michelle?
1: No, this that's just it. This wasn't even a dream. And I thought that was so funny that this just happened to me a couple days ago. And I can't, I just cannot imagine ever asking somebody yeah, I don't know to do something like it was exaggerated
0: by the big, giant fish tank. But the. You know, and she was kind of flirting with him too. She was just been left alone. She liked probably the interaction with a guy that could help her. And it felt good to talk to a guy probably, but it was exaggerated definitely by the gigantic size and weight of the fish tank.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right, so they go to the, after picking up Lily, they go to the grocery store and get a little bit more existentialism. Like Jane sees the lobsters. And asks if they live in that tank. Is that is that it for them? <laughs> and Louis says they're just food. They're just that's all they are. To, and I'm moving happily on my way. I don't care that he Louis didn't care they were in the tank. Jane cared. I don't know. It was pretty. It's funny and it was interesting, and it was connected. I thought. I think that's the theme of like what in our lives are we in? Are we in this little tank and then that's it and then it's over? Or is there more to it before we came around and after we're gone? I don't know. It-
1: well, and I also saw a lot of girl boy stuff in this too because that's a very girl thing to care the girl can't can't do this heavy or or she won't. She won't do this heavy job and ask Louie to do it. And then you know, his his daughter is upset over the lobster, but he is like that's dinner. Those people are dinner. She's like, "Well, how would you like to live there?" And he's like, "Well, I'm People and those people are dinner or whatever. So it it was. Um, I saw that more than once.
0: In the I end. wonder if Louis sketches the art the these ideas out beforehand, like like two themes: existentialism and where we are before we die and after we after we die before we're born. And then like breaks <laughs> them apart into the scenes that are separate because he's going to pick up the girls. He's in the comedy club. He's at the doctor's office. And so he has the like the mainstream. The main theme is one stream continuous, but then he breaks it up into these acts in the, in the show.
1: Well, one of the themes though goes back to Louis's other um, background all the time is where he fits in as a man with women. We see that too because of his. Um, the bad dream where his, you know, where his, (laughs) he turns into some kind of freak. He's deformed. And I don't know. I just think that we see that too. It was almost this girl boy thing that I'm seeing.
0: Yeah. He's very much that way with Pamela. And of course, all of last season was about his, 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 his experience with women, a number of different women. Yeah. Well, you're talking about the boy-girl, like male-female roles in life, like who picks up heavy stuff and who bakes and <laughs> that kind right, of. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And how he views himself, because one of his nightmares was his genitals. You know, I mean, that's that's definitely kind of like a where am I on the on the masculine side? Whatever he had going on in that in that <laughs> um, shot certainly wasn't anything that looked particularly. Masculine it was very very weird, like a crawler or something. I don't know, but I think it related to his his manhood as much. He's being attacked by a man, and he his uh, masculinity is defaced, and he doesn't do something for the female, and he doesn't have the same thoughts as Jane um, as far as the compassion for the lobster. I see a whole lot of male female stuff in everything he does, almost.
0: Well, that's interesting because, like, last episode he was knitting.
1: Yeah, yeah, knitting. He's knitting. He's cooking. Uh, Well, and and he was like the girl. Remember that was the episode before, but last episode he's like puts on the makeup. Remember and (laughs) and all that. And he was kind of like the girl in the relationship with uh, Pamela. That was. And he we've said forever that he's the girl in the relationship kind of with Pamela from the get go, but we just see a whole bunch of this, I think. And I even related a lot of it in into this episode, even though it wasn't as overt, I don't think.
0: You might have a good point. You know, you teach Gerald Crow how to knit, and you're breaking some gender lines there.
1: Yeah, there them. there you go.
0: All right, so now, Michelle, they start talking—Lily starts talking about Clockwork Orange, the movie Clockwork Orange, how she and her friends watched it. Now, Lily is probably, what, 15?
1: I would guess like 14 or so, just a guess. Have
0: you seen Clockwork Orange?
1: You know, I'm sure I have years ago, and I went back and read about it. I hate those kind of just violent movies, so I probably watched as little of it as I could get away with, but— but yeah, I'm sure I have, and I'm sure you have, right?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to remember any gunshots or car chases, but I, I know it's violent. <laughs> the the um, Stanley Kubrick for one thing. That's pretty much all you need to know. Directed right. it. So these dudes in London are you know they get high on these drugs and then they just go into ultra violence mode. They call it where they just beat up people and rape people. Then they beat up like old people, <laughs> innocent people. Um, you know, they, they beat up a guy and then rape his wife in front of them. It's just, it's just horribly ultra, ultra violent. So for Lily to watch this movie and think it's, Oh, it's Artie. Oh, I
1: know. And to be smiling and just say it like a, like she's talking about the pizza they had for dinner. So, Oh yeah, we watched a movie and it, yes, it was, that was stunning.
0: Yeah. And and then Louie's just like, what the heck? But he can't do much about it. Her. Her her capping it off with, oh, yeah, it was Artie. It was, he can't argue. He doesn't argue. He just lets it go. Right? He doesn't get on the phone. Oh, let me talk to this woman. I'll set her straight. Don't ever do this again. He just accepts it.
1: Well, yeah, but you kind of would think, particularly after what he's just been through at her house, that I imagined Louis thinking – Who could let these girls watch this movie? And then it immediately goes back to, okay, this woman who is distraught and checked out and that kind of thing. So I think it would. I know that's how my mind would go. This
0: is Lil. Oh, that was Lily. You're right. It was
1: Lily, yeah. That was that woman. You're right. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming that's why. Either the girls are like, let's watch something that we can get away with because, um, you know, mom's not paying us a lot of attention at the moment or whatever, or if she was just completely checked out on the situation because we saw or encouraged
0: it. it girls. This is a great movie. You should watch it. I mean, I don't think <laughs> I wouldn't put that past Louie to imply that.
1: Oh gosh. I would hope she's not that. Uh, that's, that's a little young. What did you think, up?
0: Michelle, of the cab, shop, the cab grocery shopping? I bet you've never done that in your life.
1: Never in my life have I done that. I've I'll, never done that. Have you not? No. I liked it. I thought that was a really, I liked that. It really showed a different, um, I urban, don't know. I'll, you're yeah. in the
0: urban hood. You don't have a car. You go to the store, take a cab to the store, buy three bags of groceries, pile your kids in the cab, and take it all home. I liked it. But well, Louis falls asleep in the cab. you know it started this episode started to get confusing as to when he was really dreaming and when he was really in, in wakewak awakened in real life.
1: Have you ever had that? Have you ever had those dreams like that 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 you don't that you question your reality and dream state
0: and then you wake up and then you wake up again and, yeah. you thought you were so I guess probably sometimes I can't think of one in particular
1: okay i just this is number two number two that i really related just in the last couple weeks we watched a movie a couple of sundays ago called uh baba duke and it's this scary movie and i'm the biggest girl amongst anybody and i get scared at scary movies but i wasn't scared at this movie for whatever reason the parts that were scary and suspenseful to everybody else were funny to me. There was something I was actually giggling through the movie because it was like just something about it struck me as funny. I never had any, oh, this is horrible. The movie went off. I wasn't anxious or anything like that. So a couple of nights go by, and I'm asleep. Hadn't thought of the movie again, and I'm asleep. And I wake up, and I sit up in bed because the door's opening, and I'm waiting on the dog to come in, or one of the girls to come in, or something, and nobody comes in, and then the door starts to close, and the Baba Duke's hanging on the back of my door.
0: What's a Baba Duke?
1: The Baba, uh, uh, it's um. It's,
0: oh, hold on a second. Okay. Sorry.
1: That's okay. Um,
0: so, what's a Baba Duke?
1: It's a book. Uh, it's just a. It, it was like this. Um, you never see it really good, but it's a bad thing. I don't. I don't know if we ever even figured out what it was. But, um, but it's a book about something bad coming for you, and um, you kind of see like shadows of it or whatever. And um, well, you actually see a little better than that, but. I don't even remember that much, but I remember it was just hanging on the back of my door. And so I jerk awake and I was really confused for a minute of whether I was still in a dream because I thought I was awake in my dream. And it was really funny that I just saw this and then had that happen. It was really kind of a weird, weird coincidence considering the insect up in the skylight, and I invited somebody into my home and asked him to do something that I would never do. A man, me as a female, and then having this dream sleep, uh, not being able to tell the, the reality from my dream state.
0: Maybe so, Louis C.K. is modeling your life for his comedy show. Uh, <laughs> He's the it, crazy glazy stealing your life right out from under you.
1: Isn't that weird, though? I mean, just in a couple weeks, having two of those same experiences that are odd?
0: I think they're weirder to you than to third parties.
1: I don't know. I think if it had happened to you in the last week or so, it would seem really odd. Maybe.
0: But we tend to attach things in our lives to current events.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: But Louis, back to the cab. Louis falls asleep in the cab. And this is how this demon guy gets – we first gets led into Louis's life, I guess, and we see him. But the girls giggle at him in the cab. That was pretty funny. Daddy's asleep again. <laughs> and then he gets – I guess he gets home. He wakes up and goes home and goes right back to sleep. And this is where we really see this demon guy, this little white blue man with no hair and no eyeballs. <laughs> and he jumps up suddenly out of the dark. He opens – Louie opens the door and it's blackness beyond the door threshold and then this guy jumps right out. Like scary things always do. They don't they don't introduce themselves nicely. Right, right. They jump. So and that was it for the first uh setting the first act, I guess, and a commercial came up. But yeah, we thought- the
1: commercial for San Andreas. What do you think? Good or bad? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I, don't, I
0: have no idea what San Andreas is.
1: Oh, it's a movie coming out about um I guess a quake or something on the San Andreas fault line. I don't know. I thought it looked pretty good, but
0: people uh, either seemed to really
1: to it. love it or not. Like or, Tremors? Um, no, it didn't seem like Tremors. It seemed more like a, I don't know, War of the Worlds almost kind of, I don't know, something. Well, not not really. It's just more like a disaster type movie, a natural disaster and explosions and car chases and that kind of stuff. Oh, good times. Yeah, hmm yeah.
0: All right, so back after the commercial, we're at the comedy club and it's Crazy Glazy with the stolen joke. And again, I think he's just a bad comedian It wasn't funny and he, wasn't, he improved a little, but it still wasn't funny. But he comes off stage and Louis's like, what the fuck, man? You stole my joke. Um, by the way, the black hostess, in, like the hostess lady was doing some pretty raunchy jokes. Did you catch those?
1: You know, I didn't. I didn't. It was so light and I didn't want to turn the TV up that loud, and she was kind of doing it in the background. I did not catch that. I wanted to, but I didn't. It
0: was all about, like, her nipples and how uh, raunchy stuff with her cat. She was pretty, pretty oh, no. racy. It was pretty racy. But well, then Louis goes up on stage and then sleeps. And th- this was kind of the odd dream sequence that was hard to notice the rea- or separate the reality of Louis awake and Louis asleep. Um, but the, the dream, the weird sequence with Jim Norton and the lady, Jim Norton, the comedian, and the lady with her mouth g- g- like a fish out of water. <laughs> and um, Louie just repeating, I don't know which one, I don't know which one. And the lady opening and closing her mouth and as Jim Norton tells him, don't do it.
1: Yeah, and he's like tempted to put his hand in her mouth. Right. I mean, why would you ever be tempted to put your hand in somebody's mouth that's threatening to bite you kind of?
0: Very weird. Very weird scene. And so Louis does put his hand in her mouth, and she bites him, and then he gets the statue penis, the little flower bud stone penis.
1: Yeah, it kind of looked like a crawler to me.
0: As all penises do.
1: No, well, <laughs> uh, this was real. And, and and he's screaming, you know, and then he goes up on the stage naked with his deformity and I mean, how? I mean, yeah,
0: among statues, he walks past the crowd of the comedy club slash doctor's office waiting room with all the doors, and the statues are mingled in with the people in the audience.
1: The mannequins, yeah, well, yeah, yeah
0: mannequins, statues. Yeah, but then he can't speak when he's on stage. He gives the gibberish. He can't.
1: He can't put a word together. Right, right. He can't. He he can't even say words. And then the naked, greasy. You know, bald guy jumps on him. And in this one he's like trying to lick him. Did you notice that? Most of the time he's like going for his neck and trying to bite him, and it looked like in this one he was trying to lick him.
0: Well, he's getting to know him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now we come back there was a commercial and we come back and I don't even know if it's a dream or not. I have in my notes I have dream start, dream middle, and dream stop. But I put dream starts, Louis with the boys again, Todd Berry and Nick is Comedy buddies, and they tell him he looks tired, and and then of course Todd Berry, and ugly and stupid. <laughs> Nick's trying to help him, and Todd Berry's just like, yeah, you look uh, besides tired, you look ugly and stupid. Uh, and Nick, and Louis says I'm having nightmares, and Nick says, well, those are the worst; they come from the inside. Uh, and then suggests melatonin, hypnosis, and then at the end of it, just not complaining. Well, Rob, right, because Louis, just don't complain. Won't listen.
1: Well, because he's offering suggestions and Louis going, nah, I don't want that. And he's like, well, do this. And he's like, nah, I don't want that. And he's like, well, then don't complain about it. And then they tell him everybody hates him anyway.
0: So then Glazy's wearing his coat across the room. So I put, is this the middle of the dream? Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. I couldn't figure that out either. That whole thing I've got a question mark on too. But why would Glazy have his coat on?
0: Because he's stealing his stuff. He stole his coat, stole his joke.
1: Oh, good, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, that's funny. So it had to have been a dream.
0: And then, then the doctor, even, Groden comes back. and Dr. Groden. what's his doctor's name in the show?
1: Dr. Bigelow.
0: He comes back, and his philosophy on dreams is that they're moral corrections, punishing. The, the, it's the correcting way of our punishing ourselves for what we do in real life, awakened life.
1: And, oh, my gosh, I didn't think about it, but... But Dr. Bigelow is almost always eating when he's sitting behind his desk. I don't know if you've paid any attention to that, but several times I've noticed because he eats very deliberately when he's eating. And um, was he eating a donut?
0: I have no idea. In
1: this? Uh, Okay. Anyway, I thought that was just.
0: So he gives he gives Louis the glass of water solution, right? Just don't worry, just get on with your life. Like, how did this guy ever get a doctor's degree, a medical degree, a medical license, even? But he well, tells him, just simple, just get on with your life. That's the cure.
1: Yeah, just let them run their course.
0: And then, speaking of running, the white monster <laughs> guy runs in and bites him, and doctor just says, "Sorry, sorry." <laughs> Um,
1: Yeah, he just jumps up on his desk from behind his desk. And Dr. Bigel's like, yeah, I'm sorry about that.
0: So then Louis talks to his dream and says, okay, dream, please stop and don't be scary anymore. And he tries, looks like he's going back to sleep. So I guess that was the dream end or another new scene. But it was all related to the sleep. And Louis now he's confronting his dream, at least by talking to it, (laughs) trying to tell it to go away and stop. Well, or if he's you're gonna be here. Just don't be scary,
1: right? And that's when it just gets super crazy. That's when it's there's not even any sensical parts in the whole thing.
0: Yeah, this this scene is helped by this crazy Russian music, this frantic music that he plays. So we know that there's no doubt this is like a solid stream of dreaming because the he's humping the white rabbit, who apparently is Bobby in a white rabbit's head.
1: Yeah, and making out with the rabbit, and, and there's mannequin heads, and there's one point where the greasy, naked, bald guy is, like, dancing behind him, and Louie's smiling or laughing, and it's just a really quick scene in there, and um, just the oddest things ever.
0: Bobby calling him bro. Bro, bro. <laughs> And it's all in this red room, maze, red, light, lit, crazy setting. And we get a commercial, Michelle, from Tennessee. And then we come back to the bakery. Uh, and Louis's buying a cannoli made with filling from raccoon jizz, according to Nick. Uh, and Nick says something about he's leaving his girl to make her more suspicious. She's just too confident.
1: Yeah, but he acted uh, weird when he left on purpose to make her think he's cheating on her. But he's too old to actually cheat. <laughs> I mean, what?
0: Yeah, it doesn't count if you're over 40 or something. So Louis eats the cannoli while he's in line. Do you Have you ever done that, Michelle, eating food in the grocery store before you paid for it?
1: Well, probably not. Have you?
0: I don't like to. I don't even, like, if I get fast food and I'm on my way home. I like to wait till I get home. I don't like to eat right? in the car.
1: I know. Who does that? They eat while they drive. I mean, you can't enjoy it if you do that. What's, I, I do mean,
0: sometimes if I go grocery, I'll open something and snack on it in the car sometimes.
1: Well, I might have like some grapes or something, something easy, just a couple, but not that sit there and eat it while you're, I don't know. What are you going to do? Go up there and wait in line with your wrapper Although, back in the day, I would do that with the kids sometimes when they were little, if they were starving or something.
0: Well, you could not do that with grapes because you have to weigh it. Anything you have to weigh, you couldn't do that with.
1: No, no, no. Not something like that I'm talking about. In the car, I would eat something simple like grapes, something that you could just, you know, eat or a banana or something like that. But I'm talking about like in the store, you know, something different. Absolutely.
0: So there's a commercial. Uh, no, wait. No, we already passed that. There's no commercial. Uh, Nick asked him about this uh, dream. What what was it that changed in your life? And uh, I guess before this... Sorry, I got all jumbled up here when I started talking about eating food while driving. <laughs> but um, Louis says, I have PTSD from my Frog. dreams. That's the opposite. His dreams are supposed to settle you and resolve your problems, not give you new ones. But Louis's beaten up. He has PTSD from his dreams. That was pretty funny.
1: Well... Right, but his friend even talks about that. He doesn't sleep at all. He sleeps for like two hours, and then he just wakes up. And we see Louis smile here, too. It's only the second time in this whole episode that I caught him smiling. And it's almost, it was real interesting. It's almost like he's breaking the fourth wall or something when he does this.
0: When he smiles with Nick?
1: Y- yeah, yeah. Yeah, or or when he was smiling and the naked, greasy, bald guys dancing behind him. Either way, it was almost like, um, you know how like at the end of the cops episode and he's sitting there and they're laughing when he's trying to teach him how to knit. And um, it it was almost a situation like that. And I just got to say that I really like. It's a completely different Louis when I see him smile. It's this confident looking Louie and it just seems like a whole different person to me. And I wonder how much of his life has that scared, confused face and how much of it is really the confident smiling guy. Probably
0: more of it now that he's super successful, that it's confident. Smiling. I hope so. Um, but Louie, the, the bedazzled Louie, the beleaguered Louie is pretty lovable too. I like the he, beleaguered Louis.
1: You do not.
0: I do. I like him being human.
1: Yeah, I mean human, but smiling sometimes. I, I'm much more drawn to him like that. I think that's why for a long time I really rooted for him and Pamela because he smiled a lot. I don't know. I just that just kind of struck me, so I took a note of that.
0: But Nick has the key to the lock of this episode, for me anyway. He asks yes. him what's causing the nightmares, what changed in your life, what's going on. And then we get a series of jump cuts with the mom, the Barbara mom, mm-hmm. He's fixing her. He's finally moving the fish tank by siphoning the fish out with a hose. Now <laughs> that is not a good idea. Lou's is bigger and stronger, but he's not much more of a – salute. he's not a handyman. I don't know if I maybe bake or knit something, but I don't think I'd want Louie doing those household chores around my house.
1: Well, he got it done, though, and she was obviously pretty grateful. He swallowed
0: some fish tank water.
1: That was really bad, I know. I mean, there's no point in getting it, you know, to that level when you're (laughs) siphoning water, but. He did
0: so. Louie does a series of fixes around her house. It's a
1: very guy thing to do, though, don't you think? Including I mean, he goes and does the man stuff there,
0: including humping her halfway through it.
1: Yeah, he did that. And did too. you
0: notice she does nothing? She does absolutely nothing. She just watches him and smiles.
1: Yeah, she's standing over him, and it's that whole how much of a man he is taking care of all this while the woman stands beside him and smiles and praises him.
0: So Louis finally gets his sleep. He's, he's solved it. He gets his sleep and to the beautiful lullaby of diarrhea.
1: Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you know, okay. I tried looking up lyrics to that song and that is First of all, it's not a song and, and that I could find at all. And I really hate that that's now somewhere attached to my Google search because that was ridiculous. It was and just a parody. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think parody. we were supposed to be paying attention to the words. The melody was different, but the words to that were just, it was horrible.
0: Well, and then Louis falls asleep with a smile on his face. The dream, he's having happy dreams, looking unvisited by that hairless white white man. <laughs> um, and that's the end. And now Michelle next week five oh six is sleepover. What a what a connection! What a lead into sleepover.
1: I guess. I guess I'm a little scared, and I wonder—is it sleepover with Pamela? It's not. It's one of his daughters, right? Is having a sleepover at no. his house, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You okay. mean
0: sleepover like the sexual connotation from Pamela? We'll have a sleepover,
1: yeah. I mean, I I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Is it that I kind know, but of that's sleepover what you is... mean by Pamela? Right. It's like a right. sex date, right?
0: I don't know. No idea. I don't, I don't know if anyone says it anywhere, but um, that's, well, it that's for... what
1: Pamela was calling it, right? A sleepover, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: But we don't know that's this, we
1: don't know. That's
0: it for 505 Untitled. There are only eight episodes this season. Sleepovers 6, then 7 and 8 are The Road Part 1 and 2.
1: Right, and that's the one that uh, he was talking about being on the road and how much he missed the hardships and everything. So I'm really interested in those last two. And I kind of like it when he does um, little, what's it called? You know, little like groups of episodes together like that. I've always liked it when he did that, like the Pamela one, two, three or whatever, the elevator and all that. I kind of like the continuity of those because with Louie, if, if it doesn't specifically show the, or say that there's going to be continuity, you can almost (laughs) count on there not being this was with the same background hum of the things that he always has in his episodes. It was completely different from anything else we've seen. And I couldn't find a lot on this episode. Could you? There wasn't a lot of write-up on it. I don't know if people just like watched it and went, "Huh," or, or what, or if it just took some time for people to actually put thought to what they had seen.
0: Hmm. I didn't look too hard. I just, I just. I- You know, one thing about Louie, right now at this moment in our podcast, we're at like 48 minutes. Louie is hard to do a podcast shorter than the length of the episode. The the way you talk about it is a multiple one times plus more in length of the episode itself because there's so much to talk about. Right. So I don't think I needed any help. I just like took a million notes and got, you know, I, I made a couple notes about Clockwork Orange, but. Yeah, it's it's a thinker. You got to really, you got to really pick this one apart.
1: Yeah, this one was just so odd and obscure to me. And I think, like I said, because I related to two of those incidences, that I <laughs> I was a little bit freaked out by it. So,
0: all right, Michelle, that's it for Untitled uh, Westcoastproject.com dot com is the website where you can see a bunch of other podcast strings, and connect with us and my. Twitter is at scathing tweets and what's yours?
1: Michelle from TN
0: at Michelle from TN. All right. So until next week, sleepover till our sleepover. Do you have any last comments, Michelle?
1: Um, that's it.
0: All right. I'll see you at the sleepover.
1: <laughs> see you then. Bye. Bye-bye.